Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary VGW. void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well there you have it you can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com play for free right now are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details Hi all and welcome to episode three of Playing Out from the Back. Uh, I'm joined by my usual team of Mo Spencer and Aaron White. Uh, welcome back, Aaron. Um, how was Cheson? Tell, tell the fans. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was good. The day after wasn't so great, but the less said about that, the better. Uh, no, it's good. It's good to be back. You guys had a good episode last week, so looking forward to uh, putting my opinions across today. Yeah, it's good to have someone back me up when Mo comes out with something outrageous as well. <laughs> it's good to have you, have you on board. So, um, I say, let's get straight into it. Um, with something that is a little bit crazy, some of the new rules um, coming out. Obviously, we've seen um, goalkeepers slightly coming off their line, penalties being retaken, handballs that, you know, impossible to get out of the way of. Um I'll start with you, Aaron, as you're back. I mean, what, what, what do you think of it all? And is there anything that you would change? Uh, it's, it's, it's a really a joke, isn't it? If you think about the uh, the handball and the, and the goalkeeper on the line for penalties rule, uh, it seems like the, uh, the people making these rules have never played football before in their life. That's, <laughs> I think that's the main thing. That's the problem. I mean, how can you expect a keeper not to, not to come off their line even a little like that? It's... It's ridiculous. There was no really, uh, not really any kind of difference between De Gea's save and uh, was it Allison's save? Allison. Like there was no no difference at all. And yeah, I'm not a big fan of De Gea, as uh, Mo may know, but he he did nothing <laughs> he did nothing wrong there. And uh, yeah, he should have, the penalty save should have stood. Uh, with regards to the the handball rule, I mean that's probably more confusing than anything. Last season, they had a, a different rule for a defender, a different rule for an attacker. And now they're saying if, if it's under the sleeve of the shirt, it's it's handball. It's it's getting a mess, really, isn't it? Let's face it. No one really knows the the exact rules. And I I think if I'm a striker or an, an attacking player, I'm just going to hit strike it straight at a defender. Just hope it hits their hand. Now because mm. it's going to give a penalty. So it's mm. yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. I know. We- with that, oh, you know, come from the, the the older days of where every shirt used to be long sleeves. So, yeah. well, how are going to point that out when you've got a full long sleeve shirt on or something like that? It's, it's crazy because we saw with um, Gabrielle totally mistimes the header, misses it, hits his arm, no handball. I mean, you as a defender, Mo, what what what, what are your thoughts on it? Um, I mean, with a with a handball rule, it's just crazy. I mean. The pundits have a go at the defenders when they when they run out with their arms behind their back. But the the more the game's going on, the more I can see why they do it. They have their arms. If any time it hits your arm, it's a penalty. You have to keep your arms out of the way. Gabriel, um, and there was another defender. Uh, was it the Man U defender? One of the Man U defenders that give away the penalty. Mm. 
If how are you meant to do any movement? You can't get off the floor unless you use your arms. Gabrielle has mistimed it. Fair enough. It's gone over his head backwards and hit his arm. You you can't even be talking about that. You can't be talking about that as handball. It's just silly. You can't defend them. They've already taken tackling away, so you can, you can't defend that moment. Um, I mean, with the with the goalkeeper on the line rule. I mean, if you're going to give the gayer. Um, if you're going to penalise the game for that penalty say the game's gone mad you can't everything now in the football you can't celebrate a penalty say you can't celebrate a goal you can't celebrate flipping anything because you're waiting for two, three, four minutes just in case VAR seen something in the penalty area down the other end ten minutes ago you know what I mean the game makes a great penalty say the first thing the cameras are doing are checking he's on the line. The second thing they're doing is checking no one's in the box. The third thing they're doing is checking the screen. No one's looking at the actual game. No one's looking at the game's made a great save from a penalty. No one's looking at that anymore. And it's just, it's just, it's just getting silly, man. It's just getting, it's just getting silly. VAR was meant to come in for clear and obvious errors, but now it's just there for everything. Everything it's everything. A goal gets scored. We're checking the offside line. We're checking toes. We're checking hair. We're checking. It's just crazy. <laughs> I think. Nothing, I think the thing we're is, we're not even looking at the quality of the game. No, nah, you know what it comes down to, and it always will in all walks of life, is that that the pound note. <laughs> and at the end of the day, that what that goal could cost. We saw. Well, in, here's the proof in the pudding. Last year, where the goal line technology didn't work. And we've seen Bournemouth go down and Villa survive. Now, that's a good... So what do you say? It's like a 180 million swing or something. Yeah. That, you know, it's going to cost the, cost the club. And it's cost Bournemouth not only getting relegated in that money, they've lost some of their best players because of it as well. You know, Sam, they say, Sam, that was yeah. clear and obvious. And VAR got it wrong. But, you know, and it's, <laughs> here's the thing. It is clear and obvious. But because they had another technology that's owned by someone else... They couldn't overrule they couldn't it. Overrule it. Yeah. So this is this is this is what I'm saying. This is where it is oh, crazy. Okay. They so VAR picked up on it, but they couldn't use it because it's not part of that. That goal line technology runs in its own parallel like rules rule set. Mm-hmm. So this is what I'm saying. This is where it's got crazy. We've gone from when obviously Lampard ball crossing the line against Germany. Great, we've got goal line technology. For me, that is the only obviously after this this one time. Goal line technology has probably been the, the most clear and obvious thing that's actually worked because there's no interpretation of it. The ball's either over the line or it's not, right? Yeah. So, um, really, VAR should have stepped in and said, hey, look, just so you know, it's, it's, it's definitely gone across and then it's, it's, it's done. No one needed to know. Um, but obviously, it didn't, didn't step in. Handballs, yeah, it's ridiculous. It's all down to interpretation as well. At the end of the day, football is a game of opinions and one ref will see... It is, yeah, okay. Couldn't get out of the way of it. I'm not even gonna give it, give it a second thought. Or some will say, no, this is the rule. If it touches your hand, that's it. But like you say, how can you get out of certain situations? You can't. Um, and it's, it's, it is becoming crazy. As a keeper, my only tip now, and I'm not a goalkeeper, but why not just stand behind the line so you can come forward naturally? Because you're not a Sabutio player. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you can't just suddenly just move to sideways. It's impossible. It's it's, mm. it's just getting it's just getting crazy. And the, the, like I say, the beauty of the game of like celebrating the, those moments, you know, are, are far gone. Because like you say, as a fan, you're celebrating for that split two seconds, and then you're looking over to see if the ref's got his hand to his ear. Oh, Do you know what I mean? To see if, the, so, if something's coming. It's so. It is becoming so painful. Yeah, it is. I get, I, mean, I get the off. I get offsides. I, I get offsides because we've been we've been outdone there a few times. But even that is still not quite right, and they, that rule's not changing until the following year. Mister Wenger, I think, is working on that. Um, and it is it is becoming a bit, a little bit ludicrous. And I say it, it is ruining it for for fans. And, and it's especially especially now where I think fans need something whilst they're at home. As well, so you can't you can't be around your mates or, or anything at the moment. So it's, it's dark dark days when it comes to football in terms of the the new rules. And yeah, I think handball we've we've lost the game like yeah. com- completely. And how many defenders you know would celebrate diving in with a block? Right now you're going to be sort of second thinking whether you go in for that because 
you've only got to mistime that or the ball goes, you know, a bit of swaz on it and hits your arm, you're giving away a penalty. You know, it's it's it's, it's, it's mental. So, um, yeah, I'm not I'm not a fan. I mean, if there was a, I'll put this to you then. If there was a rule you could um, add or change, what what would it be? And I'll start with you, Aaron, if you've got one. Uh, it'll be the handball rule. That's the only rule that really needs to be changed. I think. Uh, obviously, the the penalty one does as well, but the handball run rule will uh, will cause a lot more issues potentially over the course of the season. Uh, I mean, I think they've just overcomplicated it. Really, the fact they keep changing it shows that they don't know really what they're doing with it. Uh, I'm sure next season it'll be a different rule for the handball. Uh, they just need to simplify it, make sure everyone's clear of it, and just keep it. If they keep changing it, it just shows that they uh, they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. And what about you, Mo? You got anything? Um, I mean, like you say, it's down to interpretation. In the um, in the Premier League, they've got the they've got the screen by the by the side of the pitch. Let it be down to the ref's interpretation. If there's a handball, yeah, VAR tells the referee he goes and looks at it and he says that's ha- that's interpretation of whether that's handball or that's not. Like, put, give a give a little bit of more. Uh, responsibility to the ref. It's his decision in his game. No, no, no sort of rule around it. No down to the sleeve or above the sleeve. Do you think handball or don't you think that was an intentional handball? You can see that from from watching a clip. You can see that, and then it's your decision. You know, what I mean, refs make lots of decisions in games. They make decisions on penalties. They make decisions on some corners, some throwings. Just let them make the decision on the penalty. Let them ref that game. Let the yeah. on-field referee ref that game. That's all you need to do. Um, but I mean, in the, in regards to the goalkeeper on the line rule, I mean, they're, they're literally making it harder and harder for the keepers to save the to save the penalties. You know what I mean? So. I, I mean, with that rule, I don't even know why it's been changed to on the line. What was wrong with them having a step off and, and dive? I, I don't see what the yeah. problem with that was. That even was so. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think they're changing a little bit too much. To be fair, yeah. I think for me, the two well part of the same rule that I'd like to change one to try level it up for keepers. That the the Jorginho, the, the technique that he does makes it even harder for the keeper. Because you think he goes to hop, you can't move, by the way, as a keeper now at this point. You still can't move off your line. You can only go one way or the other. I think it makes it even harder. So props to him for doing that technique, although it doesn't always come off. But when you've either got to go, no pause, no hesitation, nothing. You run up, hit the ball, or you allow the keepers to come off the line by at least, what, two yards, three yards? Yeah. Like just a, or a couple of yards or something. So, you know, yeah. you, you know, they can't go any further than, I don't know, six, obviously six-yard box is a little bit um, crazy. But I'm saying in between there, um, just to level it up, otherwise it's just getting, it's getting ridiculous. And, yeah, poor, poor keepers, you're going to have to tie their arms to a bit of string on either post or something and <laughs> move them around like table football. Um, but, yeah, a bit, bit crazy. And um, talking of crazy, moving on to the next subject, let's talk about Anion Mayer. Um, because uh, we, do we need to remind anyone about uh, Mo's prediction of them finishing? <laughs> yeah, I think um, I should. Hey, boys, listen, it's up to you. You lot can go first, or I'll t- and, and I'll tell you my reasons after, or I'll tell you my reasons first, and then you lot can come at me. It's up, it's up to you. But I mean, it would be silly, it'd be silly for us not to come at you. So the floor is yours. Tell, tell us right. about United, right? I told you, I said to you guys. Like, uh, for predictions before the transfer window uh, ended, that I thought Man United would finish second. I thought they'd finish second because Man United are, ain't a bad. They are not a bad team. Last season they finished third in the league. Yeah, what Man United, what Man United needed to do was very early. They needed to strengthen their team and get their players in place. A little bit like what Chelsea did. Yeah. Man United finished last season. I checked this. They didn't lose in their last 14 games. They, they're unbeaten since February before Crystal Palace. Yeah. Rashford, Martial, their best goal scoring seasons. Greenwood coming through, one of the best 18 year old goal scoring seasons. Yeah. Fernandez was scoring goals. Pogba coming back from injury. Yeah. 
the team was looking like it was going in the right direction. They needed to sign their other forward that they wanted, Sancho, more goals. They needed to sign a left-back, a centre-back, and they've got their midfielder now. I cannot see why it was so outlandish to say Man United will finish above Liverpool. Liverpool have, 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 have had two seasons of, of, uh, of getting over 90... What is it? 97 points. They got 197, I think 199. That can't go on. The apples have to start falling off the cart at some stage. You don't just get 99 points every season for the rest of time. So my thinking behind it was, my thinking behind it was, Man United are on the up. They needed to do the business. And Liverpool, not through any fault of their own, really, but it's a natural fall-off. It's a natural fall-off over the, over, over the season. But what's actually happened is Liverpool have made two, two, well, one or two good signings. And Man United have actually not strengthened in the areas that they desperately needed to, to strengthen. So, you know, we're going, to do the, we're going to repeat the top four at the end of the, of the transfer window. But the, the landscape is looking a bit different. But those were my reasons at the time. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm still, I'm still like, what is, he, what are you on about? <laughs> so, okay. So the problem is, what was, what was, so what was your top four based on? What was it based on? Man what United being rubbish. On? But why are they rubbish? <laughs> uh, you know what? I think. Let me tell you. You know what their biggest, you know their biggest signing, what their biggest signing will be, a new manager. Yeah. Okay. Percent. That's, but he was, that's, but that's guys, he's unbeaten. Until he goes, he's, I, I don't know how yes. you sack him. How, he's, like, 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 he's not even, he's not done anything to be, it's like one game and it's like, he's got to go. Then he goes and wins five on the bounce and draws two. Then the next two games he loses, he's got to go. No, it, it's, it's no. a difficult you one. You can only beat, listen, you can only, one, you can only beat what's in front of you at the time. And if everyone, the fact that everyone around United were dropping points, they got on a bit of a run. Yes, they did. Yeah. They did well. Let's also not take into the. Uh, let's also take into the fact that their best player during that mm. run of form was VAR. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You got. You know, I don't care what United fans. United fans. I could have this chat all day long. I watched Bruno, Bruno Fernandez kick through someone and get a penalty, and I'm thinking to myself, who is looking out for these guys right now? And it, the the time you take away. That you take away the VAR decisions, you take refs are now a little bit wiser to Bruno, Bruno Fernandez hopping up and down because he's got flicked in the ear or something. Suddenly, no points are coming, no penalties are there. You know, that's this is the thing. A lot of the lot of the, everyone was like jumping, oh, Bruno Fernandez. I'm like, I hate penalty merchants. I know you've still got a score from 12 yards, but anyone that says they're like, I scored this many goals, but you know, 90% of them are, are pens, get the hell out of here, man. Like, I don't like that. And this is what now United are finding. Where else is that, that next bit of creativity? Because I didn't see him. Where was he at Palace? I think he spent 90% of the time on the floor. You're getting pocketed by MacArthur, by the way. Do you know what I mean? Like, the, 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 this is for me, you're not a side that looks like they're going to go on. And this is where a good manager addresses it. Oh, yeah. Jose Mourinho cannot stand him. And now he's gone to Tottenham even worse, right? But, he knows what to get out of certain players, and he knows he's not afraid to drop a certain player. So Deli Ali, who's been at Tottenham with a cigar in his mouth with his best mate Potch, yeah, is now no longer even making a squad because he's going no, that that ain't going to run in my team. You know, if you don't train properly, you ain't playing. If you're not going to adhere to what I'm trying to put in place on paper, you ain't playing. Whereas Ollie's like, mm, these boys are a little bit bigger than me. Yeah. I'm going to play you still regardless. Danny, Danny James, speedboat, no driver. I've said it several times now on this thing. The guy is still getting minutes. Play someone, play a youth player. What's the point? Like, it might, I think you mentioned it, Mo. It could be like a bit of a message to the board saying, oh, to, to play, um, to get someone else in like Sancho. But you've just lost the game. Like, mm. that's, that's not the right message you need to be conducting. Because you lose that game again, doing the same, same rubbish, you're getting out, out of the door. You know, mm. this is what I'm saying. United, for me, are not at the moment as they are, not even close. And it's just a mentality from the top to the bottom. Like it's, I have it's a question toxic. for you, boys. I have a question for you, boys. If Pochettino is the manager of those players and I say Man United finished top two, 
uh, is it? Uh, do you do you take it a bit more serious? I still don't think top two. If you said really top, if you still saying top, if you said top four, I take it a bit more serious. Yeah, they yeah. have a better chance top, 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 top four. Yeah, yeah. top yeah. two yeah. now. Okay, okay, fair yeah. enough. For me, right? Uh, I don't like commenting on teams after one game, but I don't think it was the fact that they lost. It was just the manner of the loss and their performance. Mm. For mm-hmm. me, looking at that game, I watched the full 90 minutes and it was like they weren't even playing for him. It was like watching the United players at the end of uh, David Moyes' era. They were just not playing for him. For me, I said it in the first episode, Oli's on borrowed time here. He's too nice. He can't manage big egos, personalities. And for me, he's definitely not brave enough to drop any of them. And that showed on on, on the weekend. And let's face it, if if he was at Tottenham, Bale wouldn't have gone there because he's not a big enough manager. Same for mm. Thiago. He wouldn't have gone there mm. if he was the manager. Mm. He doesn't have that pulling power. And yeah. that's why I don't think they get Sancho because why would he go to be coached by Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? It's, it, for me, it doesn't work. Defensively, mm. they're, they're rid- ridiculously bad. Looking at their back four, De Gea, for me, is a fraud. Absolute fraud. He shouldn't be starting. <laughs> he should not be starting. When they got Henderson coming back from that and in the form of his life, that's one reason why they, they're losing. He's a fraud. Sure, inconsistent, injury prone. They need a new left back. Lindelof, weak. Not even good enough for, for Man United. I mean, Maguire has spent a lot of money on him. And for me, he plays better in a back three rather than uh, a centre-back pairing. But who knows what effects he'll have after what happened to him over the summer. Maybe the price tag's too big for him. I don't know. But And then Van Bissaka, for, for me, their best defender, he doesn't even start. And yeah. I don't understand. When you're up against Zaha, Van Bissaka 1v1 is one of the best fullbacks out there. He mm. should be playing straight away. For me, there's no structure to the way they played. And for me, like I said in the first first episode, only kind of social will be out by Christmas. I think that's the thing United have got to look at now is um, notoriously back in the day, players didn't want to move to Manchester. Not you know, I'm not saying United, Manchester was just not a destination people wanted to be at. Alexis Sanchez, when he when he came to Arsenal, obviously at, the, at that time, Man United were in for him, but he didn't want anything to do with being in Manchester. Like London was just that natural pull. So these Manchester sides really have got to rely on obviously how big the club is or like you say, who's in charge or the current crop of players they do have. Yeah. United have always had like the, they obviously had the class of 92 that obviously around the globe people knew about. They then had Sir Alex Ferguson, arguably at the time, maybe one of the best managers in the world, if not the best in the world, obviously. But um, I'm just saying they had, they had those pools. So now you haven't got that. Old Trafford is, listen, it's, it's, it's still a nice stadium, but it's a, it's a dated stadium, right? So, if you're, what, what's your attraction piece? What is, what is Man United's attraction piece right now? Because they're not winning anything big at the moment. They haven't got the, the top manager. And really, in terms of, in terms of players, who is, who are you as a player right now going? Oh, I can't wait to play with such and such. Is there anyone there that you'd be like, I'd love to play football with right now? Out of you two, what, what would you think? Uh, I, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I mean, there's no one who you maybe Bruno Fernandes. A, a few people think he's come and set the world the world on fire over there. But I get what you mean. It's not like back in the day where you're saying, "Oh, Skulls, Keane, or like a York and Cole, or X. or anything, or anything like that." I, I, t- I totally do see that. But I mean, it, it's Man United are not a million miles away, so. I, 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 what I will say is I do agree. I agree with the Solskjaer thing. I think tactically um, and as a manager, Solskjaer struggles to get the best out of his best players. And at the moment, all the managers that are doing well, really well, have found systems and tactics to get the best out of their best players. Yeah. Um, so, so I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I do get what you're saying. I don't think the Man United team's that bad, but... But I do understand what you're saying in terms of an overall picture when you look at the club. 
Yeah, I think you know what one thing you just touched on it there is just um, you know getting the best out of your players. And as we know now, like the term manager is not really used as head coach, right? Um, in 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 the Premier League, there's not many people that are classed as manager now. Man United down for me, and I said I've said this to a lot of people over over the years now. Their downfall was obviously when they did get rid of Fergie. Fergie put together a coaching team that was, I think, one of the best in the in the world. Um, and obviously David Moyes came in and totally stripped that down um, and brought in his guys from Everton because he still wanted to have this sort of manager title. Now, that's fine, but where's your coach? Where are the top coaches that they had? And they, they removed those. Man United then, on a recovery with Solskjaer, he tried to bring in a few of these coaches. Obviously, like Mick Phelan's obviously come back from swing and he's, he's put a little bit of discipline in there. Now, when you look at um, I, I'll bring it up as an Arsenal fan. You look at Arteta. Arteta is a is a ultimately is a coach, yeah, the, the head head coach, and he has got the best out of players that I thought would never or should never ever touch the ball again. Um, and I'm watching Mustafi actually have, you know, I'm not going to rate it too highly, but I'll say he was having seven out of tens compared to his usual fours. He was getting the best out of certain players that were sort of dead wood, and now. Two things have happened. We got a nice run out, run of form out of it. People are buying these players for money that I didn't, even, again, didn't even think we would even get. You know, he's he's a he's he's coaching people correctly now. Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, from anyone that I'm sort of hearing anything close to the club, is not that guy. <laughs> so, you know, what what are you what are you going to get out of these players? And he's throwing young players in at the wrong wrong time, like. Certain games he's putting Williams in when he shouldn't really need to. He's not protecting him. Look, what, what, for me, Ferguson was absolute top notch when it came to when to play youth players and like young players in certain situations. And he knew what, like mentally, whether they'd be able to handle those occasions. Um, and he just got it spot on. Whereas Ollie's putting certain players in, like I say, like Williams against players that you know are just going to get. Or torn a new one at that time, and then guess what? You don't see that player again. Um, yeah. and it's like you're, you so you haven't got this conveyor belt of young players coming through all, all, the, all the time. United, last few games of the season, okay, normally they'd have something wrapped up by then, like a championship or whatever. A couple of young players would play. We're not, we're not seeing, we're not seeing that enough. And I think they're a long, I think, Mo, the reason I said about them being second, I think they're a long way off getting to that point where they're potentially in the mix for challenging. Yeah. in second place because they got too many other things in their house to, to fix first internally before even thinking about putting something on the pitch that comes second. Mm-hmm. And Oli Oli said yesterday, I think it was, he, he had a his press conference and he's he's telling the, the, the press that he needs five more games to get them all up to date. I mean, I know pre-season was, was obviously short, but that's your job to get them up to date for the first game of the season, surely. Yeah, I've got a question for you, boy. Do you think that Ollie is trying to be too much like Sir Alex, but he doesn't have that personality? Do you get what I mean? He's trying to em- emulate what Sir Alex done, but Sir Alex done it in his own way, and 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 Ollie sort of don't have the personality to do it. Uh, I I don't know. I I don't know. I don't think. I think he's trying. He's trying to do his own thing. But doing it like Sir Alex might have done, but yeah, yeah, but it's because, yeah, I don't think it's working. Or well, it's yeah. definitely not working. You, you got to remember that Sir Alex was in a completely different era on the personalities, yeah. and we've yeah. we've, spoke, we've spoke about this. And this is all levels of football. Like the dressing yeah. room is different. You know what people are coming in and out out of car wise. You know it wouldn't be. You know you ain't you're not seeing um, seventeen year old in the, you know with a I don't know, like two hundred grand car. That's that's not happening in Fergie's era that much. You know, they had reliable um, sort of contracts with Audi, so they're in a you know they're in a nice car, but they're not going outrageous. He kept people grounded at the right times, and that era you were able to do that. You can't do that now. You know, mm-hmm. it, and that's I think you can try and implement some things that Fergie did, but not all. And I think if you do all, that's when the players are going to rebel, and you probably do lose the, the dressing room. And that's like yeah. that all managers at all levels are, uh, are now. If you're from that era or close to it, you, you've got to adjust. And I think that's where, yeah, maybe he's trying too hard to do that, and he's he's eventually coming to a head where he might 
lose the dressing room like that. That's 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 my thoughts on on that. But yeah, like if you brought Fergie in now, would Fergie win the championship with United right now with how the players are? I don't think so. No. I don't think so. Just how with how the game is with how the game is now. Yeah. But, but uh I think we've spoke about United way way too much, um, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, let's say we, we are um a couple of games in. Um and we've obviously seen a, a few bits come to fruition for what we spoke about in the first episode. But is there anything else that's um sort of stood out to you that you you know want wanted to discuss or you know is there a team there you think oh my god they need some investment now and, and who would it be that you uh, would bring in so I'll, I'll start with you with you Mo on this one um what I will say is after a couple of games I'm gonna go um go with Arsenal um that was probably the first game I've... I mean, we, I know we need midfielders, but that game there was the first opportunity. They've been with Arteta for a period. They've won a trophy. We're now trying to move away from this defensive formation and into uh, sort of a more progressive attacking formation. West Ham had a bad start to the season. We're, we're sort of flying in a way. That was the the first time where we had a chance to stamp our mark and play some good football at home. And it was just glaringly obvious how much we need midfielders. Like, glaringly obvious. Like, it was almost like, I looked at it and I just thought, you got uh, Xhaka there, you got Caballos, both doing an identical job, an identical job. And we just couldn't get through the lines. And it's just, it's just, we, we need, we need, we need legs in midfield. I've been saying this for nearly two years. We need to assign a midfielder that can run and get around midfield. We, 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 we have Gwendouzi, we're not playing him. He's the only one. Um, and we also need uh, a technician, someone who's willing to get in that 10 position, not necessarily a 10, but someone just willing to get on that, in that 10 position and get on the ball. Um, so, I mean, you know, I'm not going to go into sort of all the teams that I think um, need stuff or need a little bit of work. But, I mean, watching Arsenal, I just thought it was just glaringly obvious we need one or two midfield additions uh, before the window closes, a minimum of one, and then to follow up with another one in, in January. Mo, what's your thoughts on Ozil? OK, my thoughts on Ozil are this. Um, it, 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 for for him to not be playing under Arteta, he must be doing something culturally wrong, yeah. like club culturally wrong. And my view on it is culture is king. So if you have a player, no matter how good they are and no matter how much you're paying them, that's not fitting in with your culture, he cannot play. So I know everyone, every every time we have a game where we don't create a, a lot of chances or whatever, ever, everyone says, I'll oh, bring in Ozil. The impact of bringing in Ozil at that stage is saying, well, follow the culture. But if you don't, it's all right. Because if we need you, we'll just bring you back in. Ozil... Ozil now just has to leave the club. Okay, he might want to do his last year and play no football or do whatever, but he, that his, 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 his link to the club just needs to end now. He can't play again. He can't. He might... He just, he just can't. For me, it's club, cult, uh, club culture over everything. And Ozil's doing something in that club that Arteta don't like, so I'm behind uh, Arteta on that one. I think, I think you're, you're right there. I think the fact that, obviously... Before, as Arteta was coming in, he was like, I'll address each player as, you know, as I see it when, when he gets there. And obviously him and Ozil got on really well, obviously, whilst Arteta was playing. So he obviously knows his qualities. So for him to not be playing him, like you say, there's got to be something in the background. Now, I know you said about Gunduzi, obviously the only legs, but he's gone and done certain things that don't fit with what the culture should be at Arsenal and what, Arteta tried to put in so he is standing by it now you get mm-hmm. two things out of that you get two things out of that one obviously the you know players then not sort of rise to that and go oof yeah okay can't try and take the piss basically you know I've, I've got to follow this and like you said it's not, certain things are not negotiable so that that's that is great but you have to there's a fine line like you said do the club now the club as a whole now need to back him because you, yes, you're not going to have Ozil 
like, yes, he's probably one of our best creative players. And you're right, watching that West Ham game at one point was quite painful because it's like, where do we, you know, there was no creativity at that at that point. We were having to go down the sides a lot of the time, which we have done quite a lot, right? We've got Abamyang in the game enough at that point. And I think this is where, obviously, we're still looking at that. Um, is it, I can never say his name. Is it Aura or whatever his name is from Leon? I can't even say his name. I, 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 will, I will. I'll, I'll, I'll get to know it if he signs. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, and obviously Partey because um, again, Partey will give us that little bit of hustle and bustle that if we do sort of send Xhaka and Sabias up or whoever it may be, you've got someone that's actually just going to clean up a little bit because we. We do get undone when we're looking for that next goal, just to sort of shore shore things up or you know win win the game. We press, we press, but a lot of people realise actually you can get Arsenal on the counter, yeah. um, and not with players that you know really should be you know Antonio. I like I like I like Antonio to be fair, but really he's, he's a player that shouldn't really be causing if you're going to call someone a top six or a team that wants to be in the top four problems, but he will, and especially if you play, if you play like that, so. Arsenal do do need to address that. Um, I'm happy though because I tell you what, Mo and Aaron, I've got to say, last year or during Emre's reign, we lose that game. Um, yeah, yeah. And they're the games. If you want to be taken seriously, I don't care what any other fan will say. Oh, you just beat West Ham. It's like, well, yeah, we got the three points. Who cares? Let's see if we're talking about that game uh, at the end of the season. Because the only reason you'll be talking about that game at the end of the season is because it will be the three points that we needed to qualify for Champions League. Yeah, you know, that's, mm-hmm. and that's that's. That's the key thing. So I was happy, and I saw things on Twitter. Oh, Arsenal celebrate all these things. Listen, I see people celebrating Thiago playing sideways, left and right. Like, you know, yeah, I'm talking about, yeah, I'm talking about three points here. Like, of course you're going to celebrate. We just, we just about won the game. Like, yeah, smash and grab, yeah, celebrate the, celebrate the win. And if you, if you're getting upset about that, then for me, you don't play, you don't play football seriously. Yeah, I'm celebrating every win. I don't care. Well, oh, we won three points. Got to quietly walk off the pitch. Get out of here, man! I ain't listening to that rubbish. That's 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 absolute nonsense. But Aaron, I will come to you. But I just want to gloat a little bit about uh, Dominic Calvert Lewin. <laughs> um, I'm just gonna gloat because listen, I I saw glimpses of it last year. You know, as I mentioned, and I was like, this guy, you know, will go and get you some goal. You know what? He's a he's a striker that will cause you problems because. You don't know what he's got. He can score headers, left foot, right foot, tap ins. He's got a strike on him. I think this guy, honestly, will go on to do do great things. And not only that, now you've got the players behind him and the way Ancelotti's playing. I don't yeah. think this is going to be a you know two three games and he blows up as I, as I said to you before. And he's sort of proving me right at the moment. Um, and I'd like to see anyone sort of challenge that um, at this point. And I think Everton. Um, Aaron, like you, it's hard to judge after a couple of games. I know you don't like talking about it, but it's like, you know what? Let's let's see where we are in sort of six or seven games. Yeah. The goals he's probably scored. And let's see if Everton are going to be a bit of the the real deal. But what I'm seeing so far, they're they're winning games in a in a way that, you know, oh, they're not just scraping them. They're winning them in a way that they've probably been the better side, in my opinion. Um but what, what about you, Aaron? What are your, what are your thoughts? Uh it's funny enough because Going back to your original question about which team I think needs to invest, I was going to say Everton. And the reason why, not for the reasons you think, but the reasons that I think they've got a good chance now of actually getting European football. Mm-hmm. And the starting 11 wise, I think they've got 10 out of the 11 that they should be having for a European side. I think if they get a half decent centre back in, uh, to go into that eleven, and there may be one or two squad players because let's face it, if one or two get injured up top or or in midfield, you're looking at Wobi, Walcott, uh, Bernardo. Uh, those type of players are not going to do anything. Uh, and if they're serious about wanting to get a European spot this season, I think if they invested in two or three more players, two squad players, and and one good centre back. They could be a shout for a top six this season. And over Wolves, over, you see Wolves. It depends because one, I mean, after watching them against City yesterday, they got Neto and Podence who who look very very good. They got a lot of potential, but if you're playing Torre right wing back all season, then mm-hmm. I don't know. I'd rather him further up the pitch. Uh, I think they missed a trick against City. I think they showed him a bit too much respect because if they had him 
in a front three against City, they may have snatched a point. Uh, Wolves, it will depend on, on how the new signings settle in. It's losing Jota, it's good money, but that could be huge for them. That could be huge, huge loss. Uh, I think Everton and Wolves will, will, will go for the top six, and I think one of them will, will sneak a sixth six position over the likes of Man United. Okay. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> seventh. There we go. Second seventh. to seventh. Second Ooh. to seventh. <laughs> uh, you're going to have them all on your back, mate. You watch. Although some of them will agree with your points, to be fair, but the majority of them, they're going to be on your back. What I will say, boys, just quickly, is um, Liverpool, um, their business that they've carried out last week, which will probably be the, the end of their business, was quite shrewd. I mean, Thiago, a player they really needed, um, and they signed him in there. Um, and Jota, at first, when I heard the Jota business, I thought to myself, Jota, he's all right. He don't do, he don't do that much. But then when you think about it, when you strip it back, he can play both sides and through the middle. Mm. Um, Klopp can mould him into the sort of play he wants. It might be enough. Um, you know, I, I still think I still think City wins the league, and I'm still gonna until the end of the window. I'm gonna stick with my man you second. But Liverpool, I've got to say, I didn't believe <laughs> I didn't believe that they were gonna spend like this. I thought that they'd be doing sort of what Man you are doing, and you know, having a look around the market maybe getting a bargain here or a bargain there, but they've gone out and they've got two or three key players, a couple of squads and, you know what I mean, and a starting player. I mean, that might be enough to reinvigorate the squad. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The the, the job thing makes sense. I think they, you know, you look at their bench and obviously it's like what's going to change. You know, you can't always rely on Origi coming up with something mental. You know, yeah. they needed to firm that up a little bit you know people like they always had like some sort of player that you're looking going yeah he's, he's all right and he's happy to sit on the bench because I've got to look at him go is he going to be happy to sit on the bench now because that's yeah where's he get he doesn't get in that he does for me he doesn't get in that team unless there's an injury right now yeah um, you know that's the that's my only thing I'd be looking at it and it's it <laughs> I always, I always love these chats with Liverpool fans. Oh, Klopp, he's he's great at business. He hardly spends any money. Net spend, net spend. You've just spent forty five million on a player that's about to sit on the bench. He'll play eight games, you know. And <laughs> oh nah, he will play more than that. He will, he's got he's got proven Premier League experience, man. So I think that's another good thing, so, you know. So 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 did Shakiri. But he sat yeah, on the bench. Yeah. You know, did, yeah, I, I'm, just, I'm just saying. And he was at Stoke and Wolves and at Stoke, and obviously Stoke were. I'm not saying they were doing what Wolves were doing, but you know they're not going to be winning anything anytime soon, like Wolves for me. Um, so yeah. I think you just—it's great to bring in these guys. But yeah, I say you spent 45 million on on the guy. Now I'm talking about um, you know it's Liverpool fans. Let me just let me just address this real quickly. You keep going on about Klopp not spending. You lot won the lottery when Neymar went. Let's be let's be honest. That that whole ball, Coutinho was not a 140 million pound player. Without that money, that's just falling on his lap. Of course, he's going to go and spend 80 million, 80 million. They only have spent technically 20 million uh, pounds on Alisson and and Virgil van Dijk. Get the hell out of here if you don't think he doesn't like spending money. I hate that. I hate that nonsense. He spent money. Just put it in figures. How much did he spend to get those players? Yes, he he sold players. He sold a load of rubbish. But let's be honest, 90% of it was the Coutinho transfer. And that wasn't even that was fake. That was some like FIFA career mode nonsense. Yeah, no. <laughs> Sam, li- Liverpool get big money for their for their Deadwood. Big big money. I mean, I big money. Solanke big, but they just sold. Yeah, yeah, they do. They do get. They do get. I'm it's saying they do get that money. Yeah, but they do get their money. But I'm just saying, you know, these are. <laughs> 
It's not. It's not. This isn't clock. They're then going out and spending big money on players. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, you are, you have to spend big money. You have to spend big money on players to be, to be there. It's not like he unearthed. He, if he unearthed Virgil Van Dyke before he went to Celtic and spent I don't know like a million, two million on Virgil, and then he was he was the Virgil we know today. Listen, I tip my hat to you. I clap. I yeah. clap you off. You still spent eighty million on a player. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. These, these deluded Liverpool fans. Listen, you've had one great year in 30. Get the hell out of here. I'm not listening to this rubbish. Yeah. It's, it's normally me they're it. coming after. It's no, normally no, me they're coming I'm, I'm after. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. Listen, you can have you can have you can have that. But listen, when you're and Klopp, I'm not taking anything away from Klopp. I think Klopp is a is a great manager, and you know he's, he's get he does get the best out of his players. But this nonsense about him not spending money, you lot need to get a grip. Like I can't, I can't deal with this anymore. Like it's, it's mad. Take a listen. Let me see if you were sitting there before. If if they didn't get 140 million for Coutinho, then what? Yeah, yeah. That silence. That's exactly. You know, that would have been the same dusty silence they would have had in their trophy cabinet as well. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not having it. Wow. Which Liverpool fans? What? Taking the mick out of you today, man. That's crazy. But exactly what I. <laughs> this they're gonna. Oi, Sam. You know, anyway, I'm so glad because it's it's sort of coating over my man. You speak. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I didn't think there'd be anything in this episode that would be bigger than my man. You speak, but you have just ooh. nah. I, no, I, I, I agree. He does spend money. You know the the rhetoric that he don't spend no money is that. Is silly. It's but what I will say is that Liverpool as a club, they get good money for their their players that they sell, and and then it, it, in the grand scheme of things, it makes mm-hmm. things not not look as bad as they might look at a Man U or as they might look at uh, I don't know Spurs where they don't get that much money for the players when they're going the other way. How much did they spend on Andy Carroll that time? Just remind me. Thirty-five million. I've actually got their. I've actually got their transfers up now. But they got. They spent thirty-five million on on Andy Carroll, but they got twenty million for Dominic Solanke. <laughs> so I mean, I don't. If you're doing business like that, like if you can afford to make a mistake with Carroll. I'm, I'm just thinking about how long ago that was. They got for Ives. But flipping twenty million for him, they got oh, twenty million for Ings is good money. They, they they do some good business, man. They do some good business. But um, yeah, thirty five million for uh, for Andy Carroll. But then I stood down in doing, by the way, when he was there. Uh, he was a great, <laughs> great, great buy there. Uh, <laughs> but listen, before I get completely uh, into the Liverpool, <laughs> Liverpool speech, um, Aaron, you've been ke- keeping a note of. Um, Obviously, our, our scores and that. So, t- yeah. tell tell the listeners um, obviously what what the ne- next plan is. All right. So, starting from game week two, which we just had uh, for our predictions, we're getting uh, five points for correct scoreline, three points for correct result, and minus two points if you say a team to win. So, if you said Pal- uh, Man United would beat Palace, and obviously Palace won, you'd get minus two points for that. And okay. the scoreline after game week two is Mo in last place with 13. Sam, It's a fix. <laughs> Sam in second <laughs> with 14. And myself yeah. top with 20. Oh, gam- gambler extraordinaire, obviously, at the top, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's still not sharing tips either. Yeah, that's, that's it. Any tips? <laughs> no, no, let's see, what the, uh, let's, let's see next weekend first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I hear, I hear that. I, I'm glad I heard that league table there, and I just thought, don't be last. And if I'm not going to be last, just make sure it's I'm not away from Mo. But one point's not good enough. <laughs> one point, one point is not good enough. I'm not, I'm not happy with with that at all. Um, so gonna <laughs> gonna have to address that. So, um. Aaron, you're you're gonna you can get us started, I suppose. Then, mate, what what are the do you know the fixtures for next week? Have you, uh, have you got them set out for us? Let me go through them. Bear me two moments. I did have them, and uh... I know you got all the stats under the sun. <laughs> like you, right. you know, you you, you come fully prepared. <laughs> all right, <laughs> he's just logged out of what was the last score? What was the last 12 <laughs> score lines of Burnley versus Southampton? Sorry, yeah, dating back to that. 1926 or something. <laughs> you've got it all. Uh, first game, 
the first game of the weekend is Brighton versus Man United. I'm going to go, I'll kick it off. I'm going to go 2-1 uh, Brighton. <laughs> All right, fanboy Mo, go on. What, what are you saying? Um, okay, Brighton, Man U. I'm going to go Man U to respond. I'm going to go 2-1 Man U. All right. Um, I'm going to go two all. Two two. Sitting on the fence. Uh, three o'clock. <laughs> someone, <laughs> someone had to do it. <laughs> two o'clock. Sorry, o'clock. Aaron. Did you go two one Brighton? Yeah. <laughs> I see another De Gea clanger coming up. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, uh, three o'clock kickoff on Saturday. Palace versus Everton. Uh, I'm gonna go uh, one one. Mo, I'm gonna go two one. Palace. Oof. Yeah. And Sam, two uh, one. Everton. You know, the thing is with Everton is they're always just waiting to ruin someone's ACA. Or, <laughs> or like, or yeah. just a, a, a mad result out of, out of nowhere. You know what I mean? So I'm predicting it will be this week. And to be fair, Palace are in form at the moment as well. So yeah. that should be a decent game. Mm-hmm. Uh, West Brom, Chelsea. I'm going to go 4-1 Chelsea. Uh, Mo? Uh, West Brom, Chelsea, going to go... Uh, thinking about them. Yeah, I'm going to go three... I thought I'm going to go three nil Chelsea. Three nil. Yeah. And Sam? Uh, two one Chelsea. Two one. I think, I think Werner gets a, a brace on Saturday. I think he, uh, he does well this Saturday and he's going straight into my fantasy team this week. So, mm. he's a... Uh, some he people were saying, he, he saying he's a bit of a headless chicken. I think his runs are unbelievable. It wasn't yeah. the kind of player who could yeah. find him. He impressed yeah, the next person. Yeah. Has he got the next person to be in there? That's, that's, the, that's the thing. He's doing all that running. It's what's around him after that. So. Yeah. Mm. What, do what do you guys think about Havertz? Because my, my thing is with Havertz, yeah, is his type of profile of player, you know, a player that arrives late in the box, keeps things moving, scores a couple of goals. That type of player in the Premier League can easily just fall by the wayside. You know, like, because a lot of teams might not play that way where they're getting balls into the box, etc., etc. Do you see what I mean? Do you know who he, who he needs, like, on a regular basis? Giroud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone to run beyond, right? Mm. Yeah, just play off him and get in, and then you're gonna you can do that third man run to make the box, or if yeah. you know you are putting things in there. Because that's the thing at the moment. It's like yeah, Werner's doing a lot, uh, Werner's doing a lot of running. They end up coming outside of the box to do that, making those runs, and then like you say, what is in there at that at that point? I I think they're missing that sort of focal point. But you know, Lampard will get. I think Lampard will get it right. You know, I'm not. I yeah. won't dive into it too much. I think he's got a lot of, a lot of new players that come in in a, a very short window so far. So he'll get the he'll get the best out of his players eventually, and he'll, he'll know the players that need to need to play. Yeah, I think uh, I think if Havertz a bit of time, I think he'll definitely try. And see what he did last season, season before. It's just mm. a price tag. That's the only stumbling block mentally yeah. that that could prove prove a lot on his shoulders, but. I'm sure yeah. there. Uh, we'll go the last game on Saturday, which probably is the worst game of the weekend. Uh, Burnley <laughs> Southampton. Uh, <laughs> this could be any any scoreline. Looking at the scores uh, last weekend, uh, but I'm going to stick to form, and I'm going to go one nil Burnley. Uh, Mo. Um, yeah, I'm going to go. Uh... I'm gonna go one-one uh, in this one. One-one, and Sam, two-one uh, Southampton. Sam, you've got you've got three two-one wins in a row at the moment, away wins yeah. as well. That's, yeah, mate, that's good for a little acca. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't <laughs> tell everyone. <laughs> uh, Sunday's games. This should be a decent game. Sheffield United versus Leeds. 
this is a tough one as well. I'm going to go score draw, I think. I'm going to go 2 2 on this. Uh, Mo? Um, on this one, I'm going to go 2 1 Leeds. Nice. And Sam? I'm going to go 1 1, and there'll be a sending off as well. Yeah, I think that, that game's got a sending off written in it somewhere. Yeah, see it being a bit naughty that game. Yeah. Hopefully not Sheffield United again because now nah, dirty leads in it. It's got to be. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You're onto something as well, Sam. Because I was I was uh, reading the other day that there's been more away wins than home wins this season with no fans. Yeah, no with fans. no fans. Yeah, it is mad. Uh, I don't see an away win in the next one. Uh, Spurs versus <laughs> Newcastle. Hate to say it, but I'm going to go. Uh, Tottenham 2-0. Mo? Um, on this one, I will go... Yeah, I'm going to go low. I'm going to go low. No, I'm going to go 2-1. No, 3-1 Tottenham. Go 3-1 Tottenham. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to second that one. 3-1 to the Spurs. 3-1. Nice. Yeah, you know, uh, Harry Kane, once he starts scoring... Son as well, mate. He's just Son as well. Yeah. Newcastle surprised me at the weekend, actually. I thought they'd do better against Brighton. Yeah. Let's not... Do you reckon... Is Gareth Bale injured or is he... Uh, I think... I think he's injured. I saw him arrive in his golf cart to the last game. Good game at 4.30 on Sunday. Uh, Man City versus Leicester. Uh this is going to be a high-scoring game, I think. Uh, I'm going to go 4-2 Man City. Oof. I think it'll be a very, very good game. Uh, what about you, Mo? I'm going to go... I'm going to go 3-1 Man City again. 3-1, uh, yeah, same result. 3-1, yeah. 3-1. And you, Sam? I'm going to go 2-0 City. I think until they get, um, if until Leicester get Madison back in there, yeah. they lose a little bit of creativity for me. And the big team. What did you guys think of Man City yesterday? You, you, you know what? They played really well the first half. Uh, but Wolves proved in the first 20 minutes of the second half that if you just apply some pressure on them, they created four or five good, good chances. Not half chances. They used, these were chances that they should be scoring. Mm. And it just shows that don't respect them as much as some teams do and press them and apply pressure on that back line. They, for me, they, that's where they need to strengthen. I know they had Stones and Ake at centre-half, which obviously is a bit different for them. But, yeah, going forward, obviously, they've got everything. There's yeah, no, no doubt about that. But defensively, again, they need to they need to shore that up. Yeah, I think once Kabele comes in with with Ake, I think because that I think that will happen as well. Um, I think once that once that does come into play, um, that they'll they'll be okay. Because no disrespect to John Stones, but you know, you know, again, he's another one. I always say these players, but they end up at Newcastle. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. He had a good game yesterday, though. Yeah, he, did. he had a good game. Him and Ake were decent together, to be fair. Because <laughs> then they're due, but, uh, <laughs> but he hasn't been good for a long time. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Uh, moving on, the last game on Sunday is West Ham versus Wolves. Uh, West Ham, for me, they are absolutely shocking. Uh, and the fact that they couldn't even beat Arsenal after performing like that, I'm going to go Wolves comfortably uh, 2 0. Wolves 2 0. What about you, Mo? Um, I'm going to go. Um, I'm going to go 1 1. Yeah. Um, the thing is with Moyes, is he's still not playing his creative players. He's got a workman like team out there. He needs to take that risk and try and get a couple of them them creative players in, like we were saying last week. But again, he started with none of them. But I guess away at the um, away at the Emirates is not the ideal place for them. But he's at home, a Wolves team coming off a loss. He should be putting a couple of them creative boys in uh, the next game. Okay. And Sam? 
I think if he puts in creative boys against Wolves and opens that game up, he's in trouble. Um, first, just looking at Wolves and like someone like Jimenez as well. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go three-one Wolves. Wow. And um, Monday night, uh, Fulham versus Villa. Uh, this is another game I could see a seven off in. To be honest, uh, Mitrovic. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. on this I think Mitrovic's going to have a field day against uh, that Villa defence but I don't think Fulham are are very good defensively either so yeah I'm going to go 2-2 on that yeah so uh, I'm going to go on this game I'm going to go Fulham to nick it 2-1 what about you Sam? I think both teams just are going to look at this on paper and go, this is where we need to go, grab three points. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, I'm going to go I'm going to go Villa 2-1. Um, and I think Ollie Watkins pulls up a goal as well. Yeah. Looks a good player. Yeah, he does. Like, really like like in the championship. Yeah. yeah. And the last one. Oh, do we have to do this? Do we have to do this one? I don't want it to be fair. I might, <laughs> I might go last on this one. Uh, <laughs> I'll go first on this one. Liverpool Arsenal. I want to hear your thoughts um, first. Uh, I've, um, I think we'll lose this one. Um, I think we'll probably lose this. Liverpool did look good, man. They look good against. They look good against um, Chelsea, um, and we've just. I don't know. I don't know. It just seemed against West Ham. We just couldn't get into our rhythm. Um, we're missing a few key players who were really good against Liverpool when we played them last time as well. Um, which I think might might make us come unstuck. You know, it's a big place for the likes of Gabriel and Holding to go to as a as a centre back partnership. We might not have Tierney. Um, I'm gonna go in this game two one Liverpool. Hmm. What about you, Sam? I'm gonna go one all, and I think that we um, deploy the three at the back again. Um, with, but I think David Louise will be in there um, with, with Gabriel, um, and he might. I reckon he he plays Tierney as the, as the three, and he'll play um, like Saka down down the left of the midfield. I think, and someone like maybe Maitland um, Niles as well. I think he changes it up. I think I, I won't write Arteta off on this one uh, just yet, and I, I can't do it off just literally nailing Liverpool fans there and uh, <laughs> it's a clock I'm not going to give them the satisfaction to say that they're going to win so yeah one one all draw for me do you um do you have do you have Gabriel out or do you have Gabriel in I have Gabriel in like Gabriel in the back three yeah 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 and hopefully he just takes one of Salah or Mane out mainly uh, Mane Mane's a problem mate I, I, I don't care I like, I like Salah but Mane he's a problem he is yes. a problem, and someone needs to address that. That's why, for me, the uh, making the nulls over Bellerin to deal with that. Oh, I see on the right hand side. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I see. And then Saka and Tierney. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. that's 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 my thoughts on that one. Aaron, I think we've just I think we just lost Aaron. I think Aaron has literally gone. Do you know what? I don't want to. I don't want to do that. Oh no, he's back. I was like, I didn't think he wanted to do the, <laughs> do the prediction. So you know what? I don't know what happened just then. It just froze on me, but I'm back. I need to get this <laughs> prediction in because uh, Liverpool fans may hate you after this podcast, but they might hate me a bit more. I'm going for an Arsenal win. I'm, I'm going nine points out of nine, and I'm going to go two one Arsenal. <laughs> oh, I really do hope so. I'm glad we had a little bit of a technical there because um, hopefully uh, people wouldn't have heard because they're going to say, you guys are so biased. It's an Arsenal podcast. That's all it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's an, it's an anti, anti-Man United and Liverpool podcast. That's it. It's the... <laughs> I'm a neutral. I'm fair to them all. Yeah. Oh no. So yeah. So so I might just tell them the truth. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I love love it, boys. I think there's a 
good good little sesh for the for the boys. And yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to the uh, the earache I'm gonna get. There's gonna be some sore thumbs typing on Twitter and Instagram, <laughs> I think, uh, to, to come at us this week. Um, another another great episode, and I say, yeah, I'm looking forward to the, the stick. See how we get on with these predictions. Hopefully, I um, still outdo you, Mo, because I, I can't be finishing behind you, mate. So, I, don't mind, <laughs> I don't mind finishing behind the tipster, but uh, yeah, not not uh, not you, that's for sure. But uh, guys, another great episode. As I said, um, look forward to listening to to what everyone else has to say and, and taking the the, the stick, um, and hopefully catch up with everyone on the season four next week. Cheers. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.